This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Well, there's not a square to spare, so let's bring on our first guest, Nalia Ordabajeva. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Super excited to have you here. And so how did you then, how did you then transition into the, the, the more recent stuff that, that you're working on now? Yeah, so the uh, earlier work looked at the levels of inequality mm-hmm. or the different types of structures, more equal versus unequal, that can exist in a, in a social group or society mm-hmm. and how that translates to consumption decisions. In more recent work, I've been interested in people's different beliefs about inequality and how that translates to their consumption decisions. So it is well known that different groups of people have different beliefs about the legitimacy of inequality in society. So some people believe, Mm -hmm. some think that inequality is perfectly justified because it basically reflects the differences that exist and how hard people work and Mm. how motivated they are. Mm -hmm. And so if you work really hard, you end up at the top and you deserve to be there. But if you don't work hard, then, well, you end up at the bottom and you kind of deserve your bottom position. Mm -hmm. Different groups of people, other people, believe that inequality is not legitimate because everybody works hard, but some people attain their high positions because they have better luck or Mm -hmm. better social connections. Mm -hmm. And so... These systematic differences in whether people think that inequality is justified or legitimate versus illegitimate actually translates to different ways in which people like to distinguish themselves. Okay. And so if you would like me to give you a basic gist of, of the paper. So what we show is that conservatives, right, they... Yes, because I'm sorry to interrupt you, because <laughs> this, is, this is super, super intriguing to me because you are pointing to kind of ideology around kind of political views, right? These things are correlated, right? Absolutely. So okay. there's a long line of work shows that conservatives and liberals have mm-hmm. just fundamentally different assumptions and beliefs about legitimacy of inequality. Mm-hmm. So conservatives think that inequality or the vertical hierarchical structure that exists in society is perfectly legitimate because of the beliefs that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. If you work hard, you end up at the top. If you don't work hard, you end up at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Whereas liberals have the opposing view that luck and social connections and external factors have more to do with people's positions in society. Everybody works hard, but you may or may not end up at the top, depending on how much luck you have and mm-hmm. who you know. Mm-hmm. And so these fundamental differences actually translate to the different ways in which conservatives and liberals like to show off and distinguish themselves from others in the marketplace. And so it, what's, what I think is really particularly like fascinating about this is that how so, do, do you look at how strongly people hold these different beliefs, right? So you can have that belief, and but you can also have one of those two beliefs and, and feel very, very deeply sh- about those beliefs. Do you also look at that as well? Yeah, so we consistently find very strong correlations between these two characteristics, right, between uh, people's stated political ideologies and uh, the beliefs that they hold about hierarchy. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are people who tend to be a little bit more in the middle, but um, people tend to, you know, identify themselves pretty strongly uh, with, you know, one side or the other. Mm -hmm. And so whenever that's, um, especially when it's made salient to people, those beliefs kind of, um, they take hold, which is an interesting phenomenon. Yeah. Now, Nalia, tell us a little bit, about, once you have a, a, a methodological approach to actually trying to capture these beliefs, 
and you can measure these things. How do you then relate them to specific consumption behaviors? Tell me a little bit about generating hypotheses about what you would expect these beliefs to actually relate to in terms of actual decisions, attitudes, judgments, choices in the marketplace. Yeah, so when you believe that the social hierarchy, the vertical hierarchical structure is legitimate, and so those who are at the at the top are there because they work hard versus those who are at the bottom is because they don't don't work hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you will associate success with virtue. Essentially, showing oh. that you're successful to others is a way to distinguish yourself because it shows to others that you work hard mm-hmm. and you have valuable I see. qualities. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, when you think that this vertical hierarchical structure is illegitimate, you will not associate success with virtue, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because you will Interesting. infer that success has a little more to do with, with luck, and, mm-hmm. you know, in addition to work. And so to distinguish yourself, you need to find other ways, right? Other alternative ways mm-hmm. um, to show that you're different. And so when you're, you believe that the hierarchy is illegitimate, you will look for completely different, completely kind of lateral ways of differentiating yourself. So, okay. Mm-hmm. So when you sorry to interrupt, so when you say lateral, and, and, when, and when you use the word different, do you mean now different in terms of choosing potentially like a a high status signal versus a, a non high status signal? Is that what you mean when you use the term lateral? Yeah, that's very close. So when you want to differentiate yourself in terms of success, right, vertically, that you want to show that you work harder. Um, that you're more successful than others, mm-hmm. then you go for the higher status product okay. right? that mm-hmm. basically show your greater affluence, your greater wealth, your mm-hmm. greater status compared to other people. Mm-hmm. But when you want to differentiate yourself more laterally, you will go for products that are completely unique, right, in a non-horizontal sense, so in a non-hierarchical sense. Mm-hmm. So that's what we call horizontal differentiation. So you go for products that have unique colors, unique designs that oh. just make you totally stand out. Um, in a non-hierarchical way okay. in order to distinguish yourself. So this will be your red sneakers that you wear to your job interview mm. or your um, informal outfit that you wear to a formal event, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so these are what we call horizontal ways of differentiating versus the high-status ways of differentiating, which mm-hmm. we equate to vertical ah. differentiation. I see. And so do, let me ask you this. Do the consumers who have these very deeply, strongly held beliefs about uh, inequality being a bad thing, do they do they also attach kind of a negative uh, perception of signaling through status? So w- will they feel bad about about that? In other words, you know, if they're given an opportunity, it, let's say they are sort of forced into um, differentiating themselves vis-a-vis uh, a more hierarchical type of signal? Will they feel like I'm saying something bad about myself in terms of, you know, a negative kind of perception or what? Yeah, I think that that would ensue, that would take place, unless people have a justification for, you know, consuming a higher status brand. So Mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. they say, well, you know, everybody wears these high status products um, at my job, right? So um, in those situations, if you have a reason, an external reason that justifies your your consumption of these vertical brands and products, then Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that in those situations, this bad feeling will actually take place. Gotcha. So so the, the question that another way to ask the question now is to say, what, what, what would cause someone who has these deeply held beliefs that inequality is bad? 
what would cause them to desire a you know a higher status hierarchical differentiating signaling sort of option um i think if somehow you were able to equate this um higher status product with greater uniqueness mm, right if okay. you actually uh uh, embed some uniqueness symbols there that mm-hmm. it's not just about superiority, but that it's also about being creative, being, mm-hmm. um, you know, non-conventional, being, uh, um, you know, rule breaker. Then I think in those situations, people will feel better and would be more interested in these vertical brands. Yes. I see. And so let me ask this. Is there a correlation between income and these different beliefs are people do people who have more it's kind of like the direction of causality mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. do people who have more money are they do they do they tend to be more likely to have these kinds of beliefs of inequality being okay i'm so glad you asked that because we do have a study on that and nice. so um and that's precisely because, as you say, uh, there's you know, conventional wisdom and also many studies in the past that demonstrate that people of different income levels mm-hmm. have hold different beliefs. And also they hold different political uh, ideologies as well. So there's strong correlations between these three uh, constructs, ideology, income, and people's hierarchy beliefs. And so um, obviously... Um, to the extent that income drives people's hierarchy beliefs, it should have similar effects. Mm-hmm. But what we found was that these hierarchy beliefs, that they, as they relate to ideology, actually um, operate in addition to income, right? They have mm. uh, a, an effect in and of themselves. So when, even when you control for income, mm-hmm. these effects emerge. And we actually went out of our way to make sure that the, these effects were not simply explained by income levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in one of the studies we had, uh, a large sample of people who came from uh, different levels of income, different income brackets. Mm-hmm. So we sampled people from high income, mm-hmm. middle incomes, as well as low incomes. And we were able to show that across the board, across income brackets, if you hold these hierarchical beliefs, these effects still occur. So um, I think these are all obviously related, but hierarchical beliefs are have an effect in the tone gotcha. in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's actually consistent with existing um, research, which shows that even people at the bottom of the hierarchy can actually have conservative ideology mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, legitimacy beliefs about hierarchy, right? There's actually plenty of people at the bottom of the hierarchy who think that if they work hard, they can mm-hmm. climb out of poverty because mm-hmm. it, it's kind of a motivating force. It, it keeps them going, right? The, people need to believe that there's something on the other side of mm-hmm. the rainbow, if you will, mm-hmm. and that motivates them to work harder. And there's um, actually uh, research shows that, you know, upwards of 50% of people at the bottom of the pyramid actually hold these beliefs. So oh. there's an interesting correlation kind of with hierarchy beliefs, between income and hierarchy beliefs, but... It's not, you know, it's not the full story. Gotcha. Well, so let, tell us a little bit. We've got a couple more minutes left here. Tell us a little bit about some of the, the next phases of research that you're working on, Analia. Yeah, so as the next um, natural progression, I'm interested in finding ways in which we can change people's hierarchy beliefs. Oh, okay. So it's actually a very interesting topic because hierarchy beliefs relate not just to people's consumption choices, Mm -hmm. but to all sorts of behaviors and attitudes like their preferences for public policies, right? Their support for taxing, uh, taxation policies and things along those lines. So finding ways in which you can change people's uh, beliefs about hierarchies can actually have these prevalent um, 
far-reaching effect. Mm-hmm. And so, so far, we've been able to find um, some ways in which people's beliefs can be changed. So by asking people, for example, to, to think um, of a time when they achieved something good, when they had success, but it was a combination of hard work and luck that got them there. So things along those lines can actually shift uh, people's beliefs about hierarchies mm-hmm. and a whole host of their consequent behaviors, including product choices, but also policy preferences as well. So that's kind of my next step, to find ways to find these interventions, if you will, or external manipulations Mm -hmm. that can change this deeply held ingrained beliefs, yes. Very, very cool stuff. Nalia Ordabadeva, thank you so much for coming on our show tonight. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. Listeners, if you want to learn more about Nalia, go to bc.edu. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.